There's not like a, a moral reason to wear pants, really. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I'm joined today in Scottcast headquarters with none other than Pod King fan favorite Ian Dixon and Kyle. Kyle, say hi. <laughs> Good job, Kyle. So there you go. I mean, I think this is this might be the triumvirate that defeats the triumvirate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love David. But I gotta say, I I I might love uh, Kyle a bit more. I think Kyle's interruptions will be a little more uh, endearing. Yeah, because it won't derail anything. It'll yeah. just be like meow. <laughs> Such small, cute little noises. <laughs> the cat's enormous. Although Boris might be bigger. You have you have three cats now. Yeah, Boris is very similar to Kyle, and he might be bigger. Kyle has a a bigger look to him. He's like a broad shouldered, very masculine cat. And Boris is like long and kind of round on the tummy, but not uh not the muscular beast that Kyle is. Yeah, Kyle's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, until he starts talking. And that's why I've kind of like shied away from him getting on pod because I don't want him to be too, to get, to get a little too gregarious, get a little too self-confident and then like try to get outside. Yeah. Most of my life revolves around me making sure Kyle doesn't get outside. So far it's been a war of psychological proportions. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell them stories every night about how terrible the stray cats have it. These stray cats, they fight for their life every day. Mm -hmm. They're struggling to find food. And when they find food, it's a rat that's three times bigger than them. They must defeat it in battle. Yeah. You wouldn't survive, Kyle. Right, Kyle? He left. Abandoned his post. You didn't appreciate that. You scared him off with your tales of Catboy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that was pre-recorded. So the coup attempt failed. Mm-hmm. David and Bendy uh, tried to paint you as Craven. What's is Craven a an adjective? Uh, Meaning crazed. Because I know it's Wes Craven. Right. But Craven kind of sounds like... Sounds like you made it up. It does sound like I made it up. <laughs> Let's uh, consult the internet here real quick. Mm. Contemptibly lacking in courage, cowardly. Ooh. Why would you keep that as a last name? It's kind of a funny joke if he films like these crazy horror movies. Now I want to know if it's on purpose. Yeah. Get back to Googling. <laughs> <laughs> so they were not painting me as, as cowardly, but more so uh, crazed. Yes. I believe they likened you to the watchful eye of Sauron and mm. also to Isildur, particularly. Okay. Gone mad. Bendy claimed that you were running down eight mile, slashing people's tires. 
and yelling, I'm a sealed door. I'm a sealed door. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I, I liked the jaunt, but ultimately the, it failed mm-hmm. the coup. Because, like, by, at the end of the day, I was just thinking to myself, I prefer, like, the calm, watchful gaze of Ian. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's not there, silently judging, I feel like people just do whatever they want to do, and it's never for the good of the pod. Mm. Things got a little crazy. Things got so crazy, there were plenty of nice sound effects, mm-hmm. and we were able to synthesize a new robot, Robot Bendy. All right. Is it, uh, tell me more about Robot Bendy. Is it going to go awry the way Robot David did, or...? Probably. Yeah. This one's it's actually quite uh, rambunctious, mm. even compared to Robot David. I, I can see that. Yeah, you know. So it's like it's got the energy. I, th- I think it. I think it enjoys being what it is, though. So I don't mm. know if it'll try to supersede the podcast as much as the Robot David did. Yeah, he's got some stuff. He's got some. He's got some good reactions. You know. Yeah. Like as a preview, let's say. Someone got a good zinger in, right? Mm-hmm. Hey Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, suppose David says something a little, little off color. Jesus, Sneaky D. <laughs> <laughs> suppose we need a list of good actors. Robert Pattinson, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this one's going to get uh, used so much. It's going to wear the the pad down on the whole sound pad situation. What the fuck is going on? That's a good one. There's a little bit more to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an advanced AI robotic podcast co-hosting algorithm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he's primitive. Every, everything's primitive in this realm these days. That's true. That's the thing about humanity, right? Is that fancy as it's everything seems, mm-hmm. we're still these primitive creatures it certainly seems that way yeah you were texting mm-hmm. me earlier yeah but... having brought up the the panopticon which i know we covered in a previous episode which i can't cite at the moment because i don't remember numbers and i don't remember talking about it either so like if you're a scott investigator <laughs> and you know about us talking about a panopticon right into email bag i'm certain we did um but for those who may just beginning to, to tune in or who uh, missed that episode for whatever reason. Um, Panopticon, it was kind of a, it was a prison design that got used in sort of a philosophical metaphor about uh, control and power and how we police ourselves. And really it's... Uh, so the design of the prison was like kind of circular and there's a central post where the guards hang out or don't hang out. And it's like one way glass so they can see out, but no one can see in. Mm. And at any point they can see like the entirety of each cell kind of in this circular pattern around the concentric circles around the, the tower. Right? So, so the idea is the prisoners behave because they believe they are always being watched. Correct. Ooh. And in many ways, we police ourselves that way in society. We don't go outside without pants on, generally. 
Yeah, because if you go outside without pants on, uh, someone, someone will be watching that. Yeah. They'll see that. Hey-o! There's not like a, a moral reason to wear pants, really. It's not like a problem unless someone has a problem with it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're supposing an observer, supposing how that observer might react to what we're doing. And that's how we decide whether or not we're doing that stuff. And I was uh, noticing in, like, the political climate, Americans seem kind of uniquely ill-fitted for that. For that particular (laughs) uh, kind of uh, rule and authoritarian? Yeah. They don't respond in the way that you would expect, given, like, our, our concepts of power and control. Okay. Give me an example. I mean, there's there's all sorts of YouTubers. I couldn't name a specific one, but what's the, that one guy? He was like a super asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the Pauls. You know the one? Yeah, one of them. <laughs> and there's they just, two of them. <laughs> but yeah, they, they go on YouTube and they just do horrible shit to people and like it's funny and, uh, and then they're doing that to seek viewers, to seek attention. That's that's kind of the opposite of what we would expect. We would expect that uh, knowing that there's an observer that you would tamp that down right well i guess it's like depends on the incentives you're getting out of being observed exactly totally people like you total just judging them watching (laughs) right rage scrolling right (laughs) like broadway check out we've incentivized that sort of behavior yeah Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter if i'm watching and judging them because they're i'm watching and they're getting views and Mm -hmm. uh they're getting paid so fuck what i think about it they advertise to more people than like the Super Bowl every day. Yeah. So we've created this sort of system that it's the panopticon, but it's like the panopticon of shit human beings. It's like, <laughs> how horrible can you be? <laughs> Let's all watch the train wreck on reality TV, right? The, the- that doesn't hold. It's like it depends on what the people are doing mm-hmm. in that big tower. Like if the prisoners thought that people in the tower really wanted them to just like like jerk off on each other and punch <laughs> punch each other in the face. Hey, oh, sneaky, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what would happen. So mm-hmm. it, it's just about like knowing that there's some omniscient force. That is judging and uh, quick to act upon mm-hmm. your actions, right. almost like religion. Yeah, exactly like that. Because that's the there's a fear behind the what happens when you do this, right? Yeah, and uh, like like also almost uh, almost like our audience. Like <laughs> we don't know what they think. <laughs> True. Maybe they're not even there. Could be, but yeah, I was, I guess I was wrestling with that because of sort of the, what's, what's happening in the world right now, like both with the pandemic and with like the social unrest and social climate and like, well, there's proposals about uh, defunding police and, and kind of diverting those resources into more like community supports, which I think is probably a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> says the social worker. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I have concerns about our ability to use that. Like, what if it was just like, yeah, you just got the tanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, like I already spent the money. This is your job now. <laughs> what you got to do now. <laughs> and yeah, that was my concern. It was like, uh, our, our peaceful uh, community supporters might turn into the oppressors accidentally because there's just this void of, you know, this was how it was and we haven't had to operate in a different way. And so maybe we don't know how to do that. We definitely don't. (laughs) Like if it's not an incremental Mm -hmm. change. And it's also like, if we're talking about like community policing and like folks in the neighborhood watching out for each other, you don't want to live next to one of the Pauls. Right. (laughs) What if you're in the same neighborhood as Logan Paul? What's your stance on the police then, sir? Yeah. (laughs) So it's a conundrum. And I think it's a uniquely American problem. I know there's assholes at all other places in the world, but it seems like there's a culture of, what would you call it? Extremity? Hyperbole? Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Email bag us. <laughs> well, my thoughts on that one are, if you don't think you're in a panopticon already, you might be wrong. You certainly are. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some good Earth news mm-hmm. <laughs> that, are, that deals all about that. And I've also got some Earth news that's a lot more fun, so if you're, if you're not so, much, so down with the dystopia. But uh, Michigan is trying its best to make it illegal for companies to put microchips in their employees. Microchips. Yeah. Like about the size of a rice. Mm-hmm. They put them like in your arm like in the Batman movies. That's how you get into buildings. That's mm-hmm. that's how they know where you are and what you're working on. That logs you into the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that definitely seems like a bad idea. But, I mean, it's not like we're not being tracked with our phones and with shit like that already, you know? Definitely having a, a body implant is not... Yeah, from your employer, too. Yeah, so it's oh, not like... If you're going to have a body implant, it should be to help you poop. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, you saw that... The device we described was it's being like, developed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn you, it. People are listening to Scottcast. I think that's what's going on. Trademarked that shit, man. We should have. We almost beat them to the punch, but they were like, hey, these guys got a great idea. I know the science behind it. Send a press release out. Let's get some funding to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I don't think NASA used a Kickstarter, but still. Point anyway. is, we, when we talk about stuff like this, you guys should be listening. It sounds crazy, but it's a crazy world. And you know why it's a crazy world? That crazy world is listening to Scottcast and just doing the things we say. <laughs> like, it used to be just we were bullshitting. Yeah. It used to just be two guys sitting at a poker table just like reading bullet points. But now it's two profits with a PH. Mm-hmm. That's fat. We're fat profits. Lizard people are listening in. Yeah. Turns out we weren't the people who were going to defeat the Illuminati. We were the forerunners to the Illuminati themselves. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't load that sound effect. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you like uh, accept a rice implant for like Scott Cass? Every time you get an interesting thought, the rice implant logs it. And so, like, you know, it's all things that you say, hey, this is for Scott Cast. This would be a good idea. No. No? You want it? Because it would be gathering data 
when I don't want it to, I'm sure. What if you knew that the producer of it was legit and like you could control it? I, like maybe you I can control it. it. I, just, I just text you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. But then you have to use your gross little fingers. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I'm the VHS man. You think I want this new technology <laughs> invading my life? You're the definition of a laggard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might get it. I might I, I might subscribe to that. It's like I've already given up my information and at this point, ease of use. Let's just give me that. You know, if you're gonna be analyzing and uh using my data against me without my Payment or consent. Mm-hmm. Make things easier for Scott. <laughs> Let me just work by being like, hey, that's a good idea. If that was the way work got done for me, I would be like the Leonardo da Vinci of our times. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. Done. Because I got a little piece of rice in my arm. Yeah. Microchip. Does all the stuff. Yeah, I, I heard... Uh whisperings of that a couple of years back I think about like just as citizens that we should get microchipped for like ease of uh, health data yeah so if you're in a hospital and you're like got fucked up and you can't like communicate who you are or what happened they can like scan your chip and they know if you have any allergies so they're not going to give you anything that's going to kill you they can take your vitals through that. They don't have to like be all invasive and shit. So it's maybe a good idea, but again, that could be used nefariously and probably don't want the government running that program. And it's lots of lots of what ifs. There's a lot of what ifs. At the same time, it's coming anyway. Might as well make use of it. Like imagine having like like a butt bit for your whole body. <laughs> and like it tells you everything that you need to know there's like a little device in your home you put your arm in it and it injects you with injections you maybe do this once a week once a month but it analyzes your entire body your entire ecosystem mm-hmm. as all the drugs the drugs come in like water through the sewer <laughs> not like literally <laughs> And, and why no water doesn't come through? It goes Your explanation is making this very appealing. It's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> the idea is, it's like a Jetsons kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. What's the big problem with health? It's costly. It's expensive. Yeah. You know, because we got this giant supply chain and a bunch of experts along the way. What if you just made it cost of materials? Mm-hmm. Because... We put all that expertise in an advanced artificial intelligence or maybe a giant brain that that controls computers, Neuralink style, Mm -hmm. that's kept alive in a jar. What if that system fails and then we've not trained doctors because it's not feasible to do that financially? Well, there's only so much like the injections and stuff can do. Mm -hmm. You're going to need, for a long time, you're going to need the actual doctors. Are you imagining like a idiocracy kind of effect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that recently. Maybe that's where I got the idea. I feel like that's the same same problem with our panopticon. It's it's efficient to centralize things, but it uh, we lose something in that. It's all trade offs, man. Yeah. 
did you think about this, you idiot? You're such an idiot. I was just trying to build up to that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Let's go into something a little exciting. Okay. Manned drone racing is coming soon. Manned drone. Think about that. So someone else is controlling it and there's just a person in there? <laughs> <laughs> Because if it's a manned drone, it would, if the person inside's controlling it, it's just like a plane, right? Or like a an aircraft vehicle? I guess that's, that's, that's somewhat true. Like what I was envisioning was uh, that like it's like a very small manned vehicle. So it's mm-hmm. like almost like a flying suit or like a, like a motorcycle of a flying vehicle. Okay. You know, so, you, so you're manning it. And you're and you're driving it, and all. But I do like the idea of like them just putting human cargo <laughs> <laughs> on these flimsy ass drones, <laughs> like not themselves. Like, oh, I wouldn't go up there. Are you kidding? <laughs> but yeah, okay, okay, Vanessa, just just hang tight. Okay, I like that idea. Put like it ups the stakes. Yeah. Would you fly a man drone as in like you're in control and stuff, not like Vanessa? Um, uh, probably not in a race. I might like try it out to see what it's like, but I don't think I would want to like competitively place someone's life at risk. Well, you might build up to it. Like, I think I, I think racing never really appealed to me as yeah. a thing to do. Like, it kind of did. Like my dad used to race hydroplanes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and that was that was like always something I looked up, and uh, I was like, oh, maybe I should be a racer of some kind, but no vehicle really kind of captured my attention. Like I never had like a dirt bike as a kid kind of thing. Right now that like manned drones are coming out, that's the kind of thing I can get into. Mm-hmm. It's cutting edge. It's new, and you're pretty much freaking flying. You're just like strapping yourself in and you're going somewhere. And you know how you control it? Like a video game. I was always the worst at video games, like racing games. Yeah. I just like go full throttle the whole time and run into <laughs> walls and like can't take the, the turns at all. And so I would be a terrible drone racer. I actually used to be like that until my dad watched me play a racing game and he was like son you can't (laughs) get a break when you go on the curves yeah (laughs) like you know that (laughs) i know that i could do that in real life but i can't mario kart man i'm going off that cliff (laughs) yeah like i've played that mario kart game like on n64 and like they have a little speedometer screen Mm -hmm. i would like figure out what the fastest speed like mario went and uh, all the different like like lines and mm-hmm. the shortest turns you can take. Right. And the idea is you take the turn as quickly as possible without crashing to a wall <laughs> <laughs> or slowing down too much. And, and, and you take that straight away to the next turn. Mm-hmm. Because when you turn, even just a little bit, it lowers your speed. Right. And the goal is to have the fastest speed, right? So it's like... You go along the most efficient route. I learned this recently as a 30-year-old hiding from COVID dude <laughs> playing with an emulator on his computer. <laughs> you know, but I've, I, before that, that's how I always played my mm-hmm. racing games. 
I'm the kind of guy who got Grand Theft Auto so that he could just like run around and just do shit. Right. Like I'm gonna steal this year uh Bel Air and I'm gonna drive it off a ramp. <laughs> Guns a blazing. What the shit? <laughs> See, he's a little he's almost too energetic. <laughs> so speaking of Kobe though, like uh we we're potting in person right now, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of people are podcasting through digital means. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like a specific sound to all the communications during this time. Yeah, there's going to be like a very specific like COVID style of sound mm-hmm. to demonstrate this. I have a little bit of bendy. Yeah. I don't mean to be like this. <laughs> Do you think that there's going to be like a retro revival of the COVID sound 20 years from now? (laughs) Dude, I'm almost already like doing that. People are going to be like, man, remember when there was like subpar digital audio for a while? Yeah. That was rad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everybody was so real back then. (laughs) Now everyone's so fake. My Gen Z grandparents are bullshit. (laughs) Space News, Ian. Space News. Space News. For the first time in history, scientists have found the precise center of the solar system. Of our solar system? Yes. Isn't it the sun? Apparently not. Oh, like 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 there's some like some weights going on. It's like when you take everything into account, mm-hmm. like it's not like the center of the sun. It's uh, some point, and it's like kind of rotating on this weird, like fucked up yo-yo mm. kind of scenario. Okay. Let me see if I can say something smarter. They found our solar system's precise center of gravity. Okay. It's what it is. It's the center of gravity. So it's like a... I, I can see that. That makes sense. They got it to within 100 meters. That's pretty precise. Yeah. Like you could set up a Starbucks in that. Yeah. You know Howard Schultz is thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> We should launch a Scottcast robot to there. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the solar system will really revolve around Scottcast. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, if you know where the precise center of the solar system is, mm-hmm. don't you think you're going to send stuff to it? Somebody? I like, don't see as, why not. Yeah. You, come on, Elon. As a fantasy, as like a fantasy project, mm-hmm. of course he's going to do something like that. He'll announce it like the day after we post this. Exactly. <laughs> and this is what the, this is our prediction. Elon Musk is going to try to put something in the center of the universe so that he will be the center of the universe. Center of the solar system. The solar system, that's right. That's right. Yeah, which isn't even the center, even even near the center of our galaxy, which isn't even near the center of the universe. So Fuck you, Elon. Like where are we? Are we in like the upper right-hand corner? I don't know. We're I know we're not 
we're not in the center of the galaxy, which is also not the center of the universe. We're, we're not really central to anything. We're just a marble in a bag, aren't we? Yeah. David actually had a nuanced view of Elon Musk that I wanted to present to you. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Elon Musk in my head, even though, you know, God bless him, but fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Elon Musk developing like uh, he would be the Panopticon. Yeah, I don't want that. Of all the people, he's the one that would be the one who could do that. He could do that, yeah. Not only does he have the capability Mm -hmm. and the wherewithal, but he has the personality. For sure. Which is why he shouldn't. We'll send a a tweet out to him. He replies with sure to every tweet Mm -hmm. that he gets. Well, I don't know if if it's critical. He might call us pedos. Don't want that. Don't want that. He was actually photographed with uh, a lady by the name of Ghislaine Maxwell, Mm -hmm. Madame, for none other than uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, he's he's distancing from her Mm -hmm. and saying, "Oh no, she photobombed me. You should Mm -hmm. be asking why Vanity Fair had her there." What do you think? Do you think uh, Elon Musk projects when he calls people pedos? That's a pretty common um, defense mechanism for sociopaths. That is the most damning thing you've ever said <laughs> on this podcast. Like, you didn't say anything. You, you yeah, just. I, I can't confirm or deny that, but no. it's uh, plausible. It's a plausibility to it. He's probably not a pedo. He probably does get photobombed by people. Yeah. And like socialites and stuff like that. Also plausible. Yep. Yeah. I know everyone's like, tuning into the Scott cast being like, what does Scott really think about <laughs> Elon's listening being like, oh, thank God. Scott, the sound guy on Scott cast, he doesn't think I hung out with Gislay and as he's like deleting all their personal emails. <laughs> so uh, we got a little email bag, speaking of Elon. Exciting. And I made a little uh, sound for email bag. A new one? It's not new, mm-hmm. but there's. The, but when we do email bag, I figured uh, since the space news was so popular, mm-hmm. something kind of similar. New message for the Pod King: We have a fat and juicy email bag coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I added a little sum to it. Upgraded for our digital times. Yeah. You know, we got Gen Z listening now. Yeah. You know, they listen to Drake. They listen to Scott cast. Got to give them the, got to give them the, the digital goods. Yeah. You know, they want, they want the nice polished stuff. We're still uh, publishing only mono, not stereo, but damn it. Is that one stream of audio going to be juicy? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's listen to that again. New message for the Pod King. We have a fat and juicy email bag coming in. Sibel wants to know uh, our thoughts on Richard Branson. She claims that we spoke about Richard Branson Mm. on the podcast already. Mm. And she says, I love him. 
but I don't remember talking about Richard Branson on the podcast. And I don't know if I love him. I think he's neat. Yeah. I don't know that I know enough about him to really have an opinion about him. I just know he's like a rich guy that almost like an Elon Musk, but not as uh, in the forefront of our uh, media zeitgeist. She says he was the original Elon Musk or yeah. perhaps a proto-Elon Musk. Proto-Elon Musk, I think is, yeah. Yeah, because he didn't quite have like uh, the earth-shattering, like I'm going to change the way the world is mm-hmm. kind of ambition. He did. But he wasn't like saying, I'm going to go to Mars, you know. Right. But he, like, he started an airline out of nowhere. He started hotels, phone companies. Mm-hmm. And he called them all virgins. You're going to start like five, six companies and you're not going to give any of them a different name? Well, I think like when people make choices, they they choose familiar things. That's why like during election season, you just put up the most signs and you got like a pretty good shot of people recognize your name when they go to the ballot and they don't have to know shit about you. And they're like, oh, I know that guy. And they're more likely to vote that way. Even if like you're a horrible person and you're completely the opposite of what they ought to vote, right? I wonder if you could predict like local elections by going to the sign printers in town and being like, "Who bought what? Mm-hmm. See how who bought the most?" Because how much do you really know about your county commissioner? Right? It's not like you it's just, Gotham. I know yeah. more about the commissioner of Gotham <laughs> City. <laughs> Yeah, you recognize a name and you vote that way. So, so like, I, I try to research that shit before I actually vote or I just don't. I don't select someone for that if I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But I don't think most, most people don't operate that way. They just, uh, oh, I, I know that name. Yep, I know the name. That's why you get these family legacies in uh, politics. And that's why, I guess, Virgin is a good business name. That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. Yeah. But he was apparently a pretty good governor. Like, truth be told, if we're going to have a celebrity as a president and a celebrity as a governor, Mm -hmm. I would have Arnold Schwarzenegger be president and Donald Trump could have been governor of California. That's my personal I would take that trade. Just because I don't live in California. Right? (laughs) So there's the the Scott cast take. (laughs) All of a sudden, we're throwback to like '90s sitcoms. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Actually, that's the that's that tells me you never listened to the Scott take. Uh, at the end of every Scott take, I, I'm like, "Thank you for listening. My name is Scott Kraus, and this has been the Scott take." <laughs> so, the fact that you went to '90s sitcom warms my like, heart. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> sounds like a stinger from Friends or something, right? And then now we're like all sitting at the coffee shop <laughs> drinking coffee and. Big pants on and <laughs> Matthew Perry's hanging out. He's got something to say. <laughs> it's a good time. You know where you can have these vibes all the time? Skycast City. In Skycast City, everything's good. Everyone loves each other. Everyone takes care of each other. Yeah. <laughs> How do you become a member of Scott Cass City? Oh. So you're interested, huh? Well, young cat. 
It's easy to become a citizen of Scott Cat City. All you got to do is go to thescottcast.com and sign up. As soon as you sign up, why? You get all the benefits. <laughs> like, well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> what kind of benefits? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Well, you get to talk to smooth cats like me, like Sneaky D. Jesus, Sneaky D. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to talk maybe to fan favorite Ian Dixon if he signs up himself. And if you don't want to talk, maybe you just want to listen. Because you're just that kind of angel, aren't you? An angel listening. A listening angel. Uh, you get all sorts of bonus podcasts. You get Sundays with Sabelle. You get Skycast Metal. You get Skycast Prague. You get Talking Comics with Scott and Drew, even. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Put it on. Hey, uh, I love Skycast. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. That was a good one. Damn. I like that, Ed. I'm feeling <laughs> some kind of way about all that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember why this thought came to mind, but I was wondering about if uh, humans are the only ones that like develop these weird fetishes and particularly if like, pre-human primates just had like a weird fetish for like bulbous foreheads and like erect posture. And that's like how we came about as opposed to like, you know, natural selection and uh, forces in the, in the environment kind of shaping that. Like what if, what if some, some monkeys were just like, Ooh, check out that weird forehead. The thing about that. (laughs) It's like there's so many ways to get a big forehead, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get fat on your forehead, your the skull on your forehead grows, but to have the most advanced organ in the body <laughs> like grow, not because you need to learn how to tie a knot or something, though, now that you bring it up like mm-hmm. that, there's a lot of fantasies that people have. You know, they're sleeping at night, and in, in, in walks this being from space, big gray body, bulbous, yeah. bulbous head, giant eyes, small right. chin. Mm-hmm. And that is how we've been trending for our entire lineage a few species back. Yeah. It's more towards that. Like if we kept going. Right. Maybe, maybe that is a repressed sexual fantasy that we've had for millennia. This weird alien that touched us when we were negative 5,000 years old. Right. Yeah. So you're saying that uh, alien contact to like... Alien sexual contact. <laughs> Early hominids was uh, what 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 brought rise to uh, Homo sapiens. Aliens should have known better. They're a much older civilization. <laughs> 
It's fucking disgusting what they did <laughs> to, to young human guys. <laughs> and so what do you think is next for humanity? Do you think, uh, I know some people are like weird into feet. What if we okay. uh, like, that just becomes like the, the standard for beauty at some point and like we turn into little hobbit things, like big old feet and kind of short, short and big feet and a little furry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think for a while there, like girls would be required to wear Uggs, (laughs) you know, just to like to cover up the feet. Mm -hmm. Or is it like everyone loves each other's feet? The ultimate thing that would turn everybody on would be those, uh, barefoot shoes with the little toesies oh yeah like that would be like sold in sex shops (laughs) someone someone would like like some wife would find that in their husband's like uh car Mm -hmm. and they'd be like who's whose toesie is this (laughs) it's not my toesie i'm a size nine yeah i don't know man people are weird i think the thing about all that is that like it's supposed to be about Picking like the right mate, right? I mean, like for civilization. But I mean, that's not always how it works out. That's true. Some people are into leather. I don't know, like dead cows. I don't see how that uh, correlates with, you know, fertility or. Like if you were in medieval times, someone dressed in leather was probably a nobleman. (laughs) 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 Like if they get attacked with a sword, they're slightly more uh, apt to survive than just someone with like a. A t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many how many t-shirt fetishists do you see? Yeah. I mean, I bet, bet they're out there. But not category-wise. Like, that's the thing with fetishists. It's like mm-hmm. you'll find anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll, let me name a few fetishists. Okay. You're going to tell me which one I made up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's a fetish where someone puts bugs on your genitals. There's a fetish where they love the fact that like someone's like calling their parent while they're doing it. And there's a fetish where people love to dress up as a cartoon animal mm-hmm. while they do it. Which one of those is fake? I'm going to say the first one. Trick question, bitch. Humanity's depraved. They're all real. <laughs> all real. <laughs> I was going to say, they all sound plausible. <laughs> I know for, for sure that number three was a thing. Incidental knowledge of that. Uh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll try not to ask about what kind of conventions you made to have to <laughs> So, yeah. So, there it is. Do animals have kinks? And, like, how would we even and that know? Was, that was my question, yeah. Did this start with yeah humanity and like our frontal lobes give us this ability, oh, <laughs> or yeah. is that like a yeah like can animals be like? Oh, I want you to choke me during it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some ravens like call me a crow, call me a crow. <laughs> <laughs> we can't ask Kyle about this because he's been fixed for God knows how long. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle, like the first podcast we put you on. <laughs> and like all the topic matter, it's like way above your league. Maybe this is why we don't bring you on the pod so much. You don't have to take it personally, Kyle. It's just 
We have different kinds of conversations. He's doing a cold shoulder. Yeah. So, what did we learn today? Oh, God, what did we learn? Uh, well, we learned that uh, technology is advancing at a very rapid pace and that um, I'm not sure if we're keeping up or not, but it seems like uh, we should uh, not lose... not lose track of where we came from that uh we don't want to turn into assholes and uh yeah i don't know remember your great 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 grandfather just loved bald chicks <laughs> giant foreheads and when he we mean bald we mean like they don't have fur on their shoulders right <laughs> So that's that. That's a little humbling. <laughs> Always view the human species as primitive. Mm-hmm. So, I think that does the trick for it. Want to want to sign us out? Sure. Uh, from the super colorful original telecommunications. Blah, blah, blah. Try that again. All right. From the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, we bid thee adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. All hell Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Oh, sneaky, no. Whoa, Aquaman causing some wet dreams. I, I can't stop myself, Sky. Whoa, Aquaman causing some wet dreams. I, I can't stop myself, Sky. <laughs> 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 <laughs>